Health insurance companies are changing the way they reimburse doctors for performing a complicated type of breast reconstruction surgery. Doctors and patients fear the changes will make the procedure inaccessible to all but the wealthiest. Ali Rogan's report is part of our ongoing series, Unequal Treatment, looking at inequities in the health care for women. The surgery is known as deep flap reconstruction. It uses a person's own blood vessels, fat, and skin to reconstruct the breast. Older, less complex reconstruction methods use abdominal muscles, but they often lead to complications like hernias and muscle weakness. Since 2006, doctors have billed insurance companies for deep flap reconstruction using a unique four-digit code. But now that code is sunsetting over the next two years. Instead, deep flap surgeries will be billed with a different code that also includes those older, less complex procedures, which are also cheaper to perform. Doctors and patients worry that this will lead to insurance companies only reimbursing the value of the older, less complex procedures, and that doctors might not be able to perform deep flap surgery unless patients pay out of pocket. We spoke to some women who have received or are hoping to receive this surgery. I'm Diane Hiditsian, and I'm 68 years old. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I had three different lumps. My name is Kate Getz, and I am 30 years old. I was diagnosed in January of 2023 with breast cancer. My name is Letitia Wheaton. I'm 50 years old. I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer on March 11th of 2020. I had to do like 16 rounds of chemo. My name is Jenny Ozier and I am 46 years old. I had a prophylactic mastectomy due to a genetic mutation and family history. I had originally planned to go with implants, but my body rejected the tissue expander. So deep is my only option now for reconstruction. My name is Jessica Hezekiah. I am 37 years old. My surgeon recommended the deep flap over having an implant because of radiation. Having 33 treatments probably would not support the implant. My name is Wai Chu Finch and I'm 65 years old. It just looked like natural breast. So it makes it easier for you to move forward. I'm just amazed how good of a job that my breast, you, you cannot really tell I had reconstruction surgery. I was extremely happy with the results. I just felt whole again. Going through chemo and going through radiation, you don't look at yourself. You, you, you're, a, you're a bystander. You don't know that person because you get put through chemo, radiation, you've become a number in a clinic. But to have your surgeon make subtle changes and have your insurance cover that for you, now I look at myself and um, I'm who I am before I had all my treatments done. I see taking away the insurance code for this particular kind of surgery as an access issue. If we don't win our fight to get this reversed, it's going to end up that the deep flap and other flap surgeries are just not available to uh, underserved women. We need more people on board about this. This is very, very important because this is going to change people's body images. It is 2023. We have made surgical advances. We are doing better in healthcare, you know, than we ever have been. And women should be seeing the benefits of that.
Joining me now is Dr. Elizabeth Potter. She is a plastic surgeon who specializes in breast reconstruction and is a co-founder of the Community Breast Reconstruction Alliance, an advocacy group dedicated to preserving access to deep flap reconstruction. And a note, some of the women we just heard from are her patients. Dr. Potter, thank you so much for joining us. You are one of a relatively small handful of doctors who perform this type of procedure. And to give people a sense of where deep flap surgery fits into the broader breast reconstruction landscape, deep flap reconstruction constituted 17% of uh, reconstructive surgeries in 2020. Can you explain what goes into this surgery? Deep flap surgery is really the culmination of many years of surgical refinement and a technique that um, we as reconstructive surgeons um, use to transfer a woman's own tissue to her chest to create a natural breast. Um, during a deep flap surgery, I uh, remove skin and fat and blood vessels, no muscle, from the abdomen area. It's similar to the area that might be removed during a tummy tuck procedure. But instead of discarding that, we are able to carefully connect blood vessels in the chest so that that breast is then living on the chest. We can then mold that into the shape that's most natural for the patient. And then the patient moves forward with a breast that is there for their lifetime, very different from an implant. And why would somebody choose this surgery over a breast implant? You know, patient choice is critical here. So someone might just prefer to not have a foreign body. There are a lot of issues that have come up around implant safety over the last several years. The more we know, the more patients are informed about risks regarding implants. Um, there's cancers associated with implants and other complications. There's also the fact that implants are not lifetime devices and have to be maintained and potentially replaced several times over a patient's lifetime. Importantly though, there is a, a real clinical reason why many women need to have natural tissue reconstruction um, and that's radiation. So radiation is an important part of the treatment for breast cancer. And for women who have to have radiation, an implant is a less safe option. So for women with a more advanced cancer, with um, a younger age of diagnosis or a more aggressive type um, who might need to have radiation. This is really the gold standard of reconstruction. Doctor, access to this kind of surgery is also already very limited. Um, lots of insurance plans don't cover it. So how would these coding changes affect the uh, access that already exists? So actually under the Women's Health and Cancer Rights Act um, of 1998, access to reconstruction is, is really, should be guaranteed, at least coverage is. Although it's difficult to talk about money and cancer, um, and especially to talk about payments for physicians, this is about patients. If we decrease the payment to surgeons, then quietly those procedures go away. And the woman who finds herself needing to find a surgeon or a procedure will find that it doesn't exist in her community. And stakeholders like insurance companies and the federal government, they say that this change was always supposed to happen, that the unique code that previously was used for this surgery was always meant to be temporary, and that this change means uh, that it's just a more mainstream surgery and can be identified using one of these existing codes. How do you respond to that? I think that that's um, a really important point to make. This is not the time to be taking this code away. Patient outcomes weren't considered in removal of this code. And despite the fact that insurance companies could plan to change codes over time, we weren't allowed to have a discussion about patient impact and the implementation of this change. 
So absolutely, can we work together to, to work over time if codes need to be changed or addressed? Yes, but a drastic change in coverage, a drastic change in access is what's happening now, and, and that's not okay. So who has the power to change this? The Centers for Medicaid and Medicare have the ability to restore these codes. Um, and they, they honestly have the power to do that um, pretty quickly. We're seeing right now that patients are being asked to pay cash for these surgeries and facing decreased access in their communities. And Dr. Potter, there's a much broader conversation have, uh, being had right now about women's health, access, who gets to make these decisions. Is this surgery and the changes to the way it's dealt with administratively, is that part of that larger conversation? Absolutely it is. This effort really highlights so many problems that we're facing in healthcare. Right now, we need for women to have access to care that is best for them from the patient perspective. To me, that's the most important thing that we're seeing. We need to pivot away from just the dollars and cents of insurance companies and surgeons. And we need to look at patient outcomes and what patients need. Dr. Elizabeth Potter, a breast reconstruction specialist and the co-founder of the Community Breast Reconstruction Alliance, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Allie. We asked the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services about the change. Officials said phasing in the new code allows more than two years for providers and payers to adjust and that it will give doctors and insurers ample time to consult with the American Medical Association, which administers the code.